0: Everybody and welcome to Ponytails Podcast, episode 119 with Adam Liebler in the house, in his house. Um, I am um, coming to you uh, from Littleton, Colorado, with Adam live in person, so it's it's awesome. Uh, I've known Adam for many years, um, specifically through time spent here in Colorado. We just got done skiing. Well, I was skiing; he's a porter, So um, yeah, it's it's great to have Adam on. He spent five summers in southwestern now co-owns a roofing company Liebler and LeBlanc which he is sporting a a nice shirt from um and he is a, a a partner um with Enlight Energy who I work with so that's the reason why I'm up here it's been awesome to hang out with him this this past week and we're about to dive in some really cool stories of what he's got um from what he's up to now and um you know, man, how, when was your first summer, Adam? Uh, that was
1: 2009. 2009. <laughs> yep.
0: Man, that was 13 years ago. Makes so. me feel old. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's coming up on my first summer 10-year um, mark, so it's, it's pretty crazy, man. So um, <clears throat> first, uh, we want to give a shout-out to Elevate Wellness. Um, so these guys, Zane, Seth, um, and Joe Ignis, um, they're all uh, people who sold books this last summer, crushed it, and decided to start their own you know in in Zane and Seth's case not side hustle it's their full hustle now nice so um they do fitness coaching so um you know how it can be like a little frustrating to like go to the grocery store not know what you have to get you know you just kind of get whatever fills your belly right but yep. uh, they they help break down like the nutrition plan um, they have everything kind of broken down on the grocery side of things as well as weightlifting. So, awesome. if you have a goal to bulk up or slim down or you know do anything else, um, you know it, they meet your needs um, and then have a full laid out plan for you. So, I'll definitely
1: uh, be checking them out.
0: Yeah, man, it's cool because uh, when I'm on the app and I'm like actually seeing every week that I'm hitting personal records and that all that kind of stuff, it's it's really cool and I can talk to Zane about form and, um, and different things in my. Um, you know, my diet. So, uh, we love, uh, Zane and Seth, uh, you know, of course we've got Cardinal senior benefits. Um, if you've been listening to our recent episodes, you know who they are. Um, Cardinal is really, really, uh, crushing it. Um, seven summer Bookman, Quinton, uh, Roberts, um, he Pedro Vega and Nick Dale all started this, this whole thing. Uh, kind of jumped on and, um, you know, about, um, final expense life insurance, mm-hmm. of course. Um, so what they've been doing is doubling or tripling in growth over the last four years, right? And so pound for pound, these guys, they found out that they have the most production per agent in the industry. That's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, all they do is they just do the whole uh, mail-in, no, no uh, cold leads. It's all warm, where you have people who reach out and say that they're interested in talking with you about your product. So they're able to work a healthy um, 25 to 35 hours per week and make a six-figure income. Um, so we love working with these guys. They've been great to us. Um, so if you want to reach out um, to the podcast, we'll get you in touch with Quentin. Um, if you want to pick up a, a job in that industry, I can tell you it's a good one. Um, if you know someone else who's like itching for a career change, um, we can get them set up, too. So um, it's a five hundred dollar referral bonus. Um, if you going to refer a uh, new agent to Cardinal Senior Benefits and they sign up with them. So uh, we love those guys. Uh, we also love Will Metcher. So Will, um, he's been a pleasure to work with. He's not just the sales coach for our podcast, but also for me myself. Um, so my solar sales, it's been awesome to, you know, have someone get into the the weeds on accountability. Um, so what he does is, um, of course, he he gives what we gave to like first years when mm-hmm. we were recruiting and training first years and blowing their minds on different concepts of schedule. Gotta, you know, hold yourself accountable to certain habits and um you know break things down into metrics and you know all those things that we tend to forget once we leave the book field Uh, that's personally what i miss is like being able to give that same impact to other people sure uh, that's why uh working with will uh is a great new option for any of you looking for a career change into something like consulting uh everyone that will works with kicks ass right they're they're also making those six figure incomes and then some um you know he just went and hung out in greece because uh, he was one of their top performers in the company. so
1: Not a bad uh, life, huh? Yeah,
0: it's really cool to learn from Will. Um, let's get you in touch with him if you want to work with Will, uh, whether as um, him as your coach or if you want to be a coach with him. Uh, it's uh, a couple of good options there. So, um, yeah, so those are our awesome sponsors. Um, we also have a great connection here business-wise with Adam. Um, I uh, have been working with Adam this past week with his new roofing company, new in quotes, right? He's yeah. been in the industry for a while. Um, so let's talk about that real quick let's talk about this whole Liebler and LeBlanc I've been at it for over a year now right just over
1: Um, actually our hard launch was on May 26th so we are just about blender. yeah two weeks uh, right away from you. that so congrats man thanks no small feat yeah it's been a fun journey um, I think with my experience in Southwestern and some side hustles that uh, became companies I realized that Ultimately, I will only be happy when I'm building something for myself instead of working for somebody else. Yeah. So it's uh, kind of a funny story or, or I guess just um, random how I got into roofing right after Southwestern. I actually started working with uh, Lester Crafton and um, John Kerry and solar. I had moved out to California and worked with them. Um, I actually jumped ship pretty quickly, um, I think about six weeks after working with them, I moved to Arizona to work with another book guy, Adam Blazer, and a uh, small mom and pop shop, Solar Company. So I was out in Tucson, Arizona, slinging solar for about a year and a half, and I was actually supposed to move to Austin, Texas to work with Renew, um, which, you know, was a same group of uh, book guys kind of figured out that, you know, the company they were working for in California wasn't the best setup. So they figured, you know, we're going to start our own company. And six days before I was supposed to move to Austin, Texas, um, the CEO of the company, who's a good friend of mine, called me and said, uh, hey, Adam, have you signed a lease in Austin? And I kind of chuckled and thought, this is weird. Uh, No, I was just going to stay with, you know, so-and-so for a week while I found my own place. And he breathed a sigh of relief, and he goes, "Oh well, that's good. Um, I got some bad news. You know, our our financing company, Sun Edison, this multi-billion-dollar company, just went bankrupt, and uh, as a result, pretty much, you know, more than half of our pipeline just evaporated overnight. And for any company starting, you know, that's that's almost impossible to bounce back from. So i really felt for those guys. You know, that's they didn't do anything wrong. It was just a, a bad deal." Of, deal of cards that they got Uh, but it left me in a pretty precarious situation because I had already not renewed my lease my roommates were moving out and I was like oh my gosh like I need to figure out what I'm going to do like now Um, and I happened to overhear one of my roommates who's also a book guy um, talking to one of his friends also a book guy um book connections right it's uh it's that cult mentality (laughs) but uh i had overheard a conversation about you know this book guy up in in colorado having an amazing week in roofing sales Mm. um and you know given the situation that i was in it's like well you know if that guy can do it i i feel pretty confident this could be something that i could do and i've always wanted to live in colorado
0: Um, amazing
1: state i love it here yeah quick uh tangent my parents actually met while skiing on Vail mountain so even though i grew up in ohio we took a lot of ski trips and i always knew i wanted to be somewhere near the mountains and denver has you know an amazing ski scene but also a great music scene and um, it just has a lot to offer, so. Hey
0: man, maybe there's love in them hills for you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I flew up to Colorado the next day and followed uh, this guy while he sold roofs. Yeah. And uh, you know, he was out canvassing after a hailstorm. And throughout the day, I thought this isn't anything super difficult. Not at all. Um, and at the at the end of the day, he said, uh, "You want to you want to approach a door?" I'm like, "Sure." I don't know what I'm doing, but why not? You know, what's the worst that could happen? So I knocked on one door and I actually signed a contract, got a contract signed. That so a good sign, right, that yeah. that was the sign for me. The universe was like, you can do this and it'll allow you to live in Denver. Okay. Um, the owner of the roofing company actually had uh, expressed interest in starting a solar uh, company as well, or at least incorporating that into his roofing company. So that was really my original intention was to move up here and start a solar company with that that first roofing company. And that never really came to fruition. Um, you know, the Much owner... easier said than done. Apparently. Yes. Yep. So, from experience. Yep. And it was uh it was a time where there was just a lot of low hanging fruit in the roofing business. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I could have spent time with the owner building the solar division, but there was a lot of money to be made, you know, that, yeah. that had a, an expiration date on it more or less. So I kind of got sucked into that and, Um, you know, it made good money, but more importantly, it allowed me to live a really cool, uh, unique lifestyle, Mm -hmm. much like Southwestern. Um, it, it was a very seasonal, it is a very seasonal industry. Hail comes around typically May through September. So make hay when you can fill up your pipeline, um, try to clear that pipeline, you know, build the jobs, uh, before winter, because, right around december through you know february march it's it's pretty hard to do the physical construction one the crews just don't want to be out there working in the snow right. uh two you know the products won't uh seal correctly you, you physically can't install the products correctly so during the winter yep so what, as, what do they
0: always say is uh double time part-time for full-time free time right? i
1: haven't heard that but oh, that's yeah. a new one classic that's yeah cool.
0: Old southwestern saying. So. Yeah.
1: Okay. I'm surprised I haven't heard Doesn't that.
0: Time, part time full, time full
1: time. So yeah, as a you know avid skier and snowboarder, that was just I couldn't have asked for a better setup. You know, just go work my butt off and then get you know two to three months of of more or less vacation to to snowboard. Um, so I fell in love with that, and as I you know spent some time in the industry, um, I started realizing there's a lot more to like about the job. And I always tell people it's it's not the most glamorous job. I don't wake up every morning and go, boy, what type of roofs am I going to look at today? <laughs> but um, I think it's really noble to be entrusted with um, a home. You know, yeah. for for most homeowners, that is their most valuable asset. And there's tons of tons of horror stories about contractors doing a terrible job, you know, running off with money, um, you know, all these terrible things. Right. So to to gain someone's trust and to, to actually work on their home where they live, I think is really neat. Um, and additionally, it, it's, um, it's providing a lot of value there. There have been a number of claims that I've worked with customers where the insurance company was actively trying to screw, screw over a homeowner. Oh, yeah. Um, probably the, the most value that we've added to, uh, to a homeowner's uh, insurance claim was, actually this lady who lived out in Lamar, Colorado it was about four hours from Denver and they had a hailstorm with probably about three inch hail, which is, you know, very damaging. Uh, I met her, her insurance company had already been out and given her a check. And you know, I think the check was for like $4,000. And, uh, I was, I told her, you know, ma'am, there's probably about $50,000 in damage to your home. And she was like, really? Um, you know, she had windows, siding, roof, deck, everything was just shot. Um, So if she hadn't found or if I hadn't found her or someone like me, um, you know, she essentially would have lost, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in equity, probably somewhere around, you know, 20% of the value of her house. Um, So to go to bat for her and to basically fight the insurance company and say, hey, you know, this is damaged. It needs to be paid for in this manner. This has to be done. Um, And to get her house, you know, better than it was before the storm, um, that's really neat in my eyes and uh it's yeah that's it it's like uh just sticking up for the little guy you know
0: Yeah it's what I've I haven't spent a ton of time in the roofing industry um it's adjacent to the solar industry of course so I've gotten a lot of exposure compared to most and what I've come to understand about like insurance companies man they're making tons and tons and tons of money in fact they're spending some of that money into how they can convince their like clients yeah. to not make claims to spend yep. the money on what they're sp- you know, putting money into for
1: absolutely. So
0: you're you're really helping uncover you know what some people are just like completely blind to, and um, insurance companies you know go out of the way to make sure that you know they're they're seeming good by giving that four thousand dollars right. But not yeah,
1: we us. we did our job. You know, that's that's what they're saying. So um, I I've definitely found a lot of things that excite me about this job. You know, back when I started, if if I ran into a situation where the insurance company wasn't paying out what they should. You know, my my thought process was something along the lines of like, oh man, this is gonna be so much work to you know like fight the insurance company. Right. And now I actually get really excited. You know, I, I really like uh, being able to tell the homeowner, you know, hey, we were able to get you twenty thousand dollars more to fix more stuff, um, and essentially get you you know a better looking home and uh, protect it from uh, you know weathering and aging that uh, can happen if you don't fix stuff. So yeah, I uh, I developed more of a passion for the industry as I worked in it. Um, the first company I worked for was uh, probably about seven or eight sales reps. And when I first started working for him, I thought the owner was was a great guy. I thought he was very generous. Uh, but after about a year and a half of working with him, I started noticing some some red flags, if you will. Yeah. He, uh, he changed the comp plan without telling any of his sales reps. So nice. our commission checks just started getting smaller it's Huge like what what the hell you know what the heck yeah, is this so oh. um that and some other things um i ended up you know saying i, I don't want to work for this guy anymore right. but um i met uh my former boss the last uh guy that i worked for actually through cryptocurrency and uh, uh a, yeah.
0: speaking of which you got some uh Bitcoin mining you're familiar with a little bit?
1: Yep. I've been involved with Bitcoin since 2012,
0: 2013. And a forefather. (laughs) Yeah. I
1: heard about it back when uh, pretty much only uh, computer science engineers knew about it. Yeah,
0: dude, that's so cool because we can get back to the whole um, how you dipped back into roofing and started your own company. But I am kind of curious because when I met you, it was um, as you were like having a Bitcoin mining business. Yeah and i stayed at your place crash your couch yep you and probably
1: had miners littered all throughout the house
0: oh yeah and i got to see like all the all this like huge setup and you're like this is how this actually works you're like you know unencoding or unencrypting you know the blockchain and like putting things it's so fascinating so i don't know if you have any words like yeah cryptocurrency right now is a little spicy topic sure a huge dip right now mm-hmm. do you have any insight
1: on uh yeah so as someone who's been around crypto since 2012 um, i have been calling for this crash since uh actually may of 2020. so every four years uh, bitcoin and cryptocurrency goes through a cycle um, essentially what happens is every four years it becomes exponentially harder to mine it takes more power you get less uh, cryptocurrency for the amount of power that you put into the mining operation um, and because of that it, it actually becomes more scarce you know the supply gets cut down so simple economics tell us that uh, you know even if demand is constant if the supply is cut in half um, you, you're going to see a higher price so every four years when this uh, it's called the halving the block reward halving when that happens it usually spurs a parabolic bull run um, and people get overextended they start buying on margin and when it crashes, uh, it essentially creates a cascading effect of margin calls and liquidations within the uh, within the uh, the market. So the price will boom and then bust. But what's really interesting is if you look at the uh, bottom, you know, completely forget the top. But if you look at the bottom price, the lowest price each year, it's always going up, right? right. So you know, people will say, "Wow, you know, Bitcoin just went from sixty-seven thousand dollars to twenty-five. You know, it's 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 gonna die, right?" Mm. It's like, well. Bitcoin has not been 20, you know, prior to last year, or I should say, May 2020, Bitcoin had never been at $25,000. So um, it's a long game. You know, if you look at just the, the the crash over a couple months, it can definitely look intimidating and look scary, um, but it's not going away. There have been so many things that have happened within uh, the industry and the market that, you know, if it was to be killed, uh, if it was to have, to have failed, it would have failed a long time ago. Well, so we, we've, we've passed the point of no return. Um, wow. Adoption is increasing, you know, more and more people know about it, um, right. but, but still um, it is not, um, I, I don't consider it to be a mainstream thing yet. You know, sure right. it's, you know, you see Bitcoin tickers on, you know, uh, Fox Business and, you know, whatever other, you know, uh, stock markets show. But um, I think there's still a lot of adoption left and a lot of growth to be had. So right. um, anyway, I, I heard about it back in college and I thought, oh, that's a neat concept. But I was kind of a broke college kid. Didn't really do much with that information. Sure. Um, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. But I had actually bought my first Bitcoin back in 2013, December of 2013. A full Bitcoin? Yep. It was wow. six, 600 bucks. So, wow. you know, had I just held that and all the other Bitcoin that I bought, life would be a little different. But little okay. yeah, I uh, I actually day traded it um, right after I bought it. And at the time, I was making what I thought was good money and pulling a little bit out. I was recruiting for um southwestern and not you know not really having a consistent income so anything that i could use to supplement supplement it at the time was helpful and again in hindsight had i just left that money in uh, things would be things would be different but uh (laughs) in 2017 um i got introduced to the notion of mining Um, i had actually built a gaming pc back in high school and a couple other computers And, you know, I have a degree in engineering. So I thought this could be a fun hobby that, you know, might make a little bit of money off of. So I built my first uh, cryptocurrency miner in June of 2017 and started expanding um, as I realized, you know, wow, there's actually a lot of money to be made in this. And by December 2017. Um, I think I was working on my second machine with, with 10 different graphics cards, a pretty, you know, pretty, (laughs) um, decent setup. And I was spending a lot of time just talking to my friends and, you know, friends of friends about it and coaching people on how to build these things. And it was actually my roommate, uh, at the time who was said something along the lines of with all this time you're spending in this and all the people you're helping. Yeah. yeah, You should start a business. I was like, really? I don't, I don't think anybody would buy this, but you know. Sure, why not? I posted an ad on Craigslist. You know, yeah. I, I build crypto miners, and uh, the next day I had a call from a guy, Chris Weatherhog, who's uh, still a good friend of mine. Um, and I built him a miner, and then I had, you know, some more people um, reach out to me, and it very organically grew from, you know, just me building these things as a hobby and small investment to <clears throat> to pretty much a full-time job. You know, I was putting in 40 to 60 hours a week, sometimes even more, yeah. not just building the miners, but also trying to source parts. Um, the computer components became incredibly scarce when, yeah, you know, the scarce. price went parabolic. Yeah. Yep. I had actually been going to micro center to buy, you know, my components and they put a limit on how many people could buy because of people like me. So I would bring uh, three or four of my friends, hand them a stack yeah, of cash and give them a list. Say, Hey, if you can find these things, you know, yeah. buy them. So oh, Yep. So we went from that to buying from an actual supplier. The first uh, bulk shipment of graphics cards that I bought was 56 NVIDIA 1080s. It was something like forty thousand dollars. and yeah, so uh, I'd say probably about seventy percent of those cards were spoken for. You know, people yeah, that wanted wanted miners or you know said, "Hey, I'll buy the cards." Um, So at the time it was kind of a risk Though I was like, "Eh, I don't know if I should buy this, you know, extra amount, you know, hopefully I can move it. And I think within five or six days it was, it was, (laughs) it was moved. So um, man,
0: deep into the crypto world. Yeah. You got to see um, the, you know, the very beginnings of it, the rise of it, the quote unquote falls. Right. Mm -hmm. And in 2017, you were running this, this is about when I met you, right? Yep. So how did that kind of take off? From there, back into roofing. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So I actually, um, I made some t-shirts. Deep Deep Sea Crypto was the name of my company. Nice. And on the back, it had, you know, cryptocurrency mining services, consulting, hardware sales. And I was actually at uh, a club (laughs) wearing that shirt. And somebody tapped me on the shoulder from the VIP booth. And this guy said, do you mind crypto? I said, yeah, I do. And uh, ended up building a machine for him. Yeah. And uh, he and his boyfriend uh, ended up also, they were also in the roofing business. So <laughs> while I'm just chit-chatting with them about crypto, you know, they were asking, is this your full-time job? And I said, yeah, kind of, but I'm also in roofing. It's slow right now. It's the winter months. Um, and they go, oh, yeah, we're in roofing. We've owned a business for about eight years. Wow. And I said, man, you know, it's it's a pretty great industry, but I really don't like how this works and this works and yada, yada, yada. Right. And they said, huh, well, we do it this way, this way, and this way so that you don't have that, that, and that. And I said, huh. Are you guys hiring <laughs> right there. Okay. yeah so that was uh enviro roofing was the name of the company and they were the best people some of the best people i've ever worked for yeah. um i went to you know not only did they treat me really well as an employee but uh, we became really good friends they ended up taking me to burning man and a bunch of other uh festivals and uh, yeah. all sorts of cool stuff so um, I worked with them, and that was a, a different setup than the first roofing company. They gave me a lot more autonomy, and you know, almost to their fault, uh, they taught me everything, mm-hmm. um, which you know I had wanted to do everything because when I was in the previous company, relying on other people to do things like pull yeah. reports or yeah. write estimates, um, if something fell through the cracks, you know, it was on me, but it 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 wasn't my responsibility. You know, yeah. it's like I'm just yeah. kind of the scapegoat. So they they allowed me to do everything and uh cool. it it just gave me the experience and the knowledge to start my own company so
0: and so you started i, I know that you were working with them until like 2020 or so is yep that right? yep and then 2021 is when you kind of like really you know around this time last year you know, you were getting everything lined up yeah start lnl yeah blur in the block man so how did that story take off like Who's this Eric guy, you know, <laughs> Eric LeBlanc, He's like got half the name. Yeah. Um, was it his idea, your idea? Did you just?
1: So of- uh, a little bit of both. Um, it's actually kind of a funny story how I met Eric. I had gone to a show with two of my friends and uh, met some people at the show. And they said, yeah, come on over to our apartment afterwards. You know, we're having a little shindig. So we're over at their apartment like 2, 2.30 in the morning, you know, drinking, playing music, hanging out. Um, and somebody knocks on the door and I'm standing next to the door and I assume that this person who, uh, knocked on the door knows the people inside. So I open the door and I'm like, what's up, come on in. And, uh, I found out only probably about a year ago that, uh, Eric was the guy who knocked on the door that he actually didn't know anybody in the apartment. <laughs> he had just dropped off a friend and heard the music and was like, I'll check it out. All right. So that Eric, Eric, that sounds just exactly like, like him. Right. You know, wow. he's uh, not afraid to put himself out there yeah, in any way, so shape cool. or form. So he, he came in and I introduced myself. We start chit-chatting. Um, We quickly find out that we're both in roofing, so we nerd out about that. There you go. And uh, he actually sold pest control uh, door to door during college, so we, you know, with whom? I forget the name of the company, but the guy that recruited him actually sold for Southwestern for a summer or two, and then ended up going to uh, pest control. So he was familiar with Southwestern. So interesting. So we connected very quickly, and um, that night we, I remember we had talked about you know roofing and working for somebody else. And we said something along the lines of, man, you know, the dream is like one day to not be working for somebody else and, you know, do it, do it how, how, you know, I would want to do it. Like, yeah, you know, that sounds great. Um, So back in, I think 2019, maybe it was 2020, it was 2019. Eric actually approached me about starting a company with um, some, some associates of his and they were essentially bankrolling the thing Um, and because of that, there wasn't a whole lot of equity to be, uh, shared between Eric and I. So, you know, I told Eric, I would love to start a company with you. You know, you're one of my best friends here in Denver. Um, you know, you've been in the industry for 10 years, you're a great salesperson. There's, you know, so many good things, but if I'm going to start a company, I just, I can't do it for that level of equity. So I know he was a little disappointed at the time. Um, but, uh. 2020 uh, was a, a tough year for everybody it was a really tough year for me but one of the silver linings is I made some some very good investments and uh, had the capital to start the company without any extra hands in the cookie jar yeah so I uh, told Eric said hey you know we got the, we got the funds to do this let's do it okay. and uh, he was a little hesitant at first because he had a salary job he was the mm-hmm. production manager for a much larger roofing company Um <clears throat> Yep. And at the time in uh, uh, around May 26, there also hadn't been a recent hailstorm. So he was kind of nervous about, you know, starting a company without a guaranteed paycheck and trying to sell when, you know, the
0: guaranteed business,
1: right, it might have been a little bit harder to to pick up the business. So he ended up uh, jumping ship and starting to work with us sometime around July. So it took him about two months of you know really just just me running the show and putting some deals in and saying like look man you know we can make wow. this happen it is possible um, so he jumped ship and immediately took off um, sold a bunch of deals and uh, yeah we had a very successful first year in business when I started I said I want to do a million dollars in revenue which is uh, pretty tough especially without a reputation uh, in the world of contracting reputation is everything. Oh yeah, you know, like yeah. I said, there's so many bad apples out there, and people know that, and they know that there's so many bad experiences out there. So to approach somebody, and you know, say if they ask, "How long have you been in business?" and say a month, yeah. uh, that's a pretty big red flag for most people. Of course, um, I don't want to be a guinea pig. Right. But uh, we we crushed our goal. We've done over a million dollars and we're, you know, not even at uh, our year anniversary yet. So things are going well. We recently hired a new full-time sales rep who came from the commercial uh, roofing side of things. And much like Eric, he was on a salary position in sales. Um, and was just kind of getting the short end of the stick. So we, we said, you know, look, if you did the same amount of business that you did with that other company, you, with us, you'd probably make, uh, about double your salary mm-hmm. and you can kind of see the, the light bulb go off and go, Huh? well, I know the industry, I know how to sell. So, uh, he's been with us now for, uh, about a month cool. and, uh, this past week got his first deal. So that's, been, that's been exciting. Um, and then we have another uh, full time sales rep who joined in August. He's actually a good friend of mine and also a fellow bookman. Um, so we are growing. Yeah, it's exciting.
0: Heck yeah, you are. That's awesome, man. So uh, you've got all these things going in the right direction. Um, you've had a successful first year of business, right? Then the challenge is how do you maintain it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, You're able to invest a little bit, get a nice, um, recruit out of uh you know some investment you know pulling those book network strings That's yep great. absolutely uh, cool man and what's kind of like the long-term play um do you have an idea yet in yeah terms of absolutely vision?
1: so i i i don't want to limit myself to to roofing you know i think um being able to provide uh more value to homeowners and, and more services is is really what I want to do. So uh, when I grew up, uh, my closest friend in grade school up through high school, uh, his dad owned a general contracting company, building company, um, did very well for himself. And that's always been kind of an inspiration to me. So I, I would like to expand. And we are actually currently expanding into interior renovations, you know, solar um, I think the end goal is really to be the general contractor, to be able to do ground up builds, um, additions, you know, basically anything when it comes to owning a home, uh, we want to be able to help out with that.
0: I can, man. And, uh, speaking of homes, um, I know that, uh, we're, we're kind of in the home based, you know, contracting and you know, improvements and renovations, um, uh, just homework, right. In a literal sense, um, Pat Roach of Southwestern Real Estate mm-hmm. um, has been doing amazing things with uh, the real estate industry. Um, Southwestern um, is kind of like the opposite of what the story of the industry is where 85 to 95% of all agents who get licensed wind up not even selling anything hmm. um, for the most part. Or at least they sell a year and then they you know drop out you know, pretty yeah. quick after, right? And so their stats are the opposite where it's like 85 to 95% of the people that they hire on um, actually stay with the company and they have like a, a start out of like a, you know, it's not an advance on commission. They, they actually have like a salary where you can actually work and, um, you know, get your feet under you, build your network and then be the expert, the general real estate expert that connects people with roofing companies and so on and so forth. Um, so like Meredith uh, Gardner, who I live with, lived with in Gainesville, um, she's like referring people to us um, as a solar company, right? And yeah. Light. Awesome. Um, so that's what we, what we love about Southwestern Real Estate. Uh, if you want to work with Pat Roach, um, they're 99% drama free. That's what we love about them. Um, they just have all the healthy aspects of the Southwestern culture. Um, and so working with Pat, just in the podcast sense of him sponsoring us has been a dream. I can only imagine what it's like to sell homes with the guys. So let's get you in touch with them. Uh, if That's a passion for you. Um so thought leader. Um you know Dylan Barr by chance? I do. Yes, you do, right? You've been to some festivals with the guy, right?
1: Uh we've gone skiing and hung out here in Denver when uh he lived here. Um trying to remember when he moved back to Michigan. I want to say it was about a year or two ago. It was about a year ago. Yeah. But yeah, I do know him.
0: Yeah, Dylan's awesome. So he was one of our uh more like like high energy early on episodes, like 2030 somewhere there. Sure. Love love that episode. Um but Um, what he's recently um, gotten himself into is thought leader is uh, a company that helps uh, people with passions and stories and, you know, you know, messages to deliver to land a TEDx talk.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah.
0: So um, if you've um, ever wanted to, you know, just talk with people about their passions, in fact, that's what's really cool about recruiting the Southwestern is like, what do you want to be when you're older, right? Let's help you build the skills and character. Come on, let's go. Yep. Um, But with, uh, Dylan, what they do is they they go and talk to, you know, warm, warm leads. Um, they've got the SDR uh, role where they're able to like kind of farm these leads of people who are aware of their company. Um, so it's like a really easy sale where they just hand them off to somebody uh, like Dylan, who's like, okay, what are your passions? We're going to help you deliver that with excellence in front of a stage and use your authentic voice. And so um, they've got uh, positions open that Dylan's hiring for that are you know, base salary of, 50 um, dollars. then they have the the closer role that's um more like the hundred, hundred thirty, two hundred thousand dollar uh earning potential so uh, it's really cool that we have like all these awesome jobs that you get to plug so if you're interested with dylan right helping people in ted talks um we'll get you going with them um so yes thank you for coming to my ted talk <laughs> but uh yes um of course um Cardinal Senior Benefits, once again, um, they have so many uh, productive agents that uh, kind of the biggest thing that we get to plug is all these agents and what they're earning. So um, Greta uh, Huerta is one of their like repeated top producers. She's been earning like $10,000 in like earned commission in a week, the last number of weeks. Um, Okay, sorry, all of the agents over this past week um, that we're gonna list here um, averaged more than 14,000 in earning for the week. So um, number one and two go to non bookmen Lucas Holland and Michael Kay. Um, they've got like 29 Southwestern alums. And so they're like, got some non-book alums.
1: Some civilians. Bus. Some civilians right? <laughs> <read> some muggles, <laughs> if you will. Uh,
0: yeah, so uh, top three, four and five and six. Um, uh, agents were all book people. So shout out to Ian Penzato, Greta Huerta, uh, Nathan Alberts, Travis Mickelson. Uh, Michael Kay is um, in five weeks in a row, over 10,000 earnings. And so um, over the last week, they had 47 agents um, and they had 27 of them gross over 5,000, 39 over 3,000. So I mean, that's It's not a bad paycheck. A lot of people are talking about that much, like a $3,000 paycheck for a a month, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So again, if these numbers sound appealing to you, um, let's get you in touch with Quentin Roberts, Pedro Vega. Um, You'll get a $500 referral bonus if you sign up or someone you refer signs up. Um, And then we also have a free ticket to Bizzler on the line if you send someone to sign up with Cardinal Senior Benefits. So um, love working with those guys. Let's get you in touch. But uh, dude, um, going back to your story, um the the whole like being experts in the field right um I think about when I have this foundational experience of selling books that I get to talk about on a podcast and reminisce through it's like we get exposed to so much you know just selling kids books door to door you know as a kid ourselves you know so were you a freshman in college Mm -hmm. you're at the University of Miami, Ohio. Miami University. Yes, pardon me, pardon me. Yes. Miami <laughs> University, the OG, right? Um, the we Red were, Hawks.
1: We were a school before Florida was a state. So, there yes, is, the OGs. Yes.
0: Cool, man. So, you bumped into somebody in a hallway? Or, uh, you know, honestly,
1: I, you? I, I can't recall ever filling out the, you know, questionnaire, but I did at some point. Um, Hans Schlegel was the recruiter. and. I remember he called me when I was in the car with some friends and they were playing music and, you know, I couldn't really, wasn't really present for the first phone call. All I heard was a summer internship where the average first year makes eight grand. You want to hear about it? Sure. (laughs) So I heard about it and thought, you know, this is kind of appealing. Um, I think in the info session they asked, has anybody here sold anything door to door before? And I raised my hand and said, oh, I sold Boy Scout popcorn. (laughs) And uh that I was actually the number one rep for the Boy Scouts in my troop sold the most popcorn. And when I told Hans that I could see his eyes kind of light up <laughs> and he said, see, I, I remember him asking me too, you know, how'd you do it? How are you the number one sales rep? And I said, honestly, my dad just kind of made me go out there and work a lot. Yeah. Um, I just worked more than than the other uh, Boy Scouts. And that, I think that's really when his eyes lit up because awesome, um, if there was a, you know, <laughs> if there was a person to sell books, that was, you know, that was the, the experience that they were looking for. So yeah, yeah I, I was really enthusiastic about it. Um, from the, the first point, you know, of, of hearing about it, my dad was very supportive. Uh, my mother was very skeptical uh, about it. And it, it took some convincing. Um, I think ultimately, I just kind of told her, I was like, this isn't your decision, you know, this is my decision. Um, but the, uh, car that I owned at the time was, uh, I believe not in my name cause I bought it, you know, my parents when I was 16 or something. So, uh, they actually didn't let me take the car with me. So I walked my first summer in, uh, ah. gosh, what was the name of that place in North Carolina? North Carolina. It was, was uh, it mountainous? no, it was in the shithole region. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: like the Durham Raleigh. No, like, inland Yeah, the beach it thing? was
1: it was eastern, and uh I remember it was the second poorest county in North Carolina. Ah, man, yeah. that's
0: where they always stick the book "People Only" is in the poorest and second poorest counties.
1: Rocky Mount, that's what it was. Rocky yeah. Mount, yeah. North Carolina. Yeah. Yep. So You're I. Telling of your eventual moves. Yeah. Mountains. Right. There's <laughs> been uh there's been little seeds, you know, that's been planted, awesome. cool. but yeah, my first summer was not spectacular. I think I sold 1,200 units. Um, you know, I didn't have the greatest schedule. It wasn't the worst schedule, but, um, I, I could see the value in what I was doing, you know, not just right. for the customers, but in my own worth, work ethic, confidence, um, you know, sales ability and all that. Um, I also just really loved the culture, you know, getting fired up to, to go out there and, you know, do something that is really tough. You know, I've always been some uh the type of person that 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 goes for the challenges that, that
0: more popcorn than everybody, bro. Exactly, right?
1: <laughs> so I, I really like the challenge of it. Um, and that's kind of what brought me back. That in the culture, you know, I loved the people that I worked with, um, you know, my fellow first years, the student managers, Hans, they were all amazing. And um, I'd immediately, you know, not immediately, I'd say probably about halfway through the summer, you know, thought to myself i definitely could do this again yep. but i would really like to have a car <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so right yes yep because uh it was tough walking in uh in the heat of north carolina the heat and humidity um but uh that second summer i uh picked up an old buick Lesabre for Dude. Something like eleven hundred bucks. And I had a
0: Buick, say, my second summer. Yeah, yeah it was wow.
1: a great. It was a boat. You know, it was, oh, yeah. it was super Airbus comfy. Exactly. The worst. But uh, you know, yeah. I made it work. And my second summer was in superior, Wisconsin. Cool. Um, from north. Yep. Was uh I recruited one guy who was my little from my fraternity. Nice. Yep. <laughs> uh, fraternity, bro. Acacia. Acacia. yeah I so heard of that one. Acacia is one of the four Greek fraternities that does not have the traditional three letters uh, Acacia is a, a, word. a word it's yeah. actually uh, also a tree um, it's the tree mm-hmm. that's known for strength and ruggedness and a fun fact about Acacia is we were actually founded by all master Freemasons and we have strong ritualistic ties to the Freemasons so a lot of my uh, fraternity brothers when they graduated actually went into the Freemasons. And it's something that I probably could have um, followed, but I was a little preoccupied with, you know, recruiting for Southwestern. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. A different (laughs) cult. (laughs) Couldn't have said it better. So, yeah, my second summer, I had a car. I was much more dedicated to a schedule, having, you know, a first year there that was under me. um, Hit growth award. Got to go on Sizzler that's good man that first sizzler in the first summer yep and
0: you work at it back again
1: yeah and that that year we had like 18 uh first years or b contracts from uh miami university and university of kentucky which was kind of our sister school go on sizzler so we had we had a squad and uh that that was you know that locked me in for the third summer i was pretty much already locked in before that but that was an amazing experience I was like, all right, I'm ready to come back for a third summer. Yeah. Uh, my third summer, Hans actually uh, left Miami, Ohio, and uh, Sean Barry, who was one of the student managers, became the OL. Him and Joey Franzies. he's an interesting character. Um, but yeah, we were a little bit smaller our third summer, and it was it was a rougher summer. We went back to There's North Carolina.
0: You have like, ah, this summer was amazing. Right. The next summer is like. Ah, almost, Life's you know,
1: a roller coaster, you know. You got your ups and your downs
0: experience tokens got to grab them sometimes
1: absolutely so my third summer was in Asheville, north carolina beautiful area okay. um but in the mountains, isn't it? it is yeah oh, yeah smoky mountains yeah Man, i want to go
0: there so bad
1: it's a pretty i mean denver's better but it's if you're over there it's, it's a crazy. cool spot <laughs> yeah. Um, but we had we had a couple issues um with pr uh there was a news station that ran you know a clip about pedophiles and sexual predators going door to oh. door to snatch up your kids and talk true by the way. Yep. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> but uh one of my good friends who was a B contract that summer, he was actually my roommate uh my second summer. Um he actually got assaulted by a dad, um, straight up punched him in the face, you knocked him out cold. Um wow. again because they just assumed that he was, you know, stealing kids um so that was pretty bad and i actually was unaware of these pr issues and i just remember thinking wow these past couple weeks have been really tough like people aren't answering the door i'm getting so many no's i've had more blue light specials you know all this stuff
0: pr matters
1: yep um i do remember about that summer which was cool one of the people that i sold to uh the husband was a government contractor worked for um I can't remember the name of it, but he had actually trained uh, pretty much the entire police force. So whenever I got a blue light special, big name, big name. Whenever I got a blue light special, which again was pretty frequent, um, you know, they're like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "Hey, you know this guy, right?" And they're like, "Yeah." I was like, "I've sold books to him. I literally, that's what I'm doing is selling books. Like, you want call call his family and ask." Yeah, yeah. But anyway, that was a tough summer. We ended up moving probably two thirds of the way through the summer. Um, and I think by the time we moved uh, in the summer, you know, it had, had just kind of kicked my teeth in. Um, so I ended up finishing somewhere around like 23, 2400 units, which um, I want to say was about the same or actually less than what I had sold the summer before. So that kind of burned me. Um, I also switched majors in college from business to engineering. Um, I think I did that because I was bored with business when I was out, you know, Usually essentially it's the
0: other way around, going from engineering to business. Yeah. I don't want to study that. Honey. Right. People are what like, this I is be? too
1: tough. No, I was just bored. Um, it it was wow. really hard for me to focus on, you know, uh, reading about business when I was out doing it. So That's I've fair. always it's
0: like this does, this isn't even that applicable. Yep.
1: I mean, there were some things that, you know, you know accounting and stuff that, uh, you know, didn't get in books, but I just felt like I got more from selling books than I did in the classroom um, in terms of yeah. business. So I had made that switch. Um, I decided, you know, a lot of people from the org, pretty much the org fell apart, to be honest, from Miami University. So I said, yeah, I'm not coming back. Um, I picked up an engineering internship in Erie, Pennsylvania at a plastic injection molding facility. And it was um, an interesting experience, but yeah. ultimately I was pretty disappointed. Um, I just didn't feel as challenged or as inspired yeah, as I did.
0: You know, jump out of bed, take a cold shower, do execs and right. up with random <clears throat> strangers.
1: Yep. And I mean, it was it was nice that you know I would get off work at five and then I could go have a beer with you know the people <laughs> at the plant. But um, ultimately, I just was not fulfilled. And
0: it feels like that oftentimes.
1: Yep. Uh, and i think i went to sales not sales school grs um kind of on the fence about it and that's when i saw hans again and i hadn't seen him in in quite a a long time and uh we caught up and i you know just kind of told him what was on my mind said hey you know i did this engineering internship i'm going for a degree in engineering but i just i didn't feel fulfilled um doing that type of work so being around all, you know, the, the culture at GRS, it just sucked me back in and uh, yeah, came I back you. for, yeah, right? Oh, just yeah. when I thought I was out. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I came back oh, yeah. for a, a fourth summer, but uh, that was actually a half summer. Um, oh, yeah. I did my senior design project in uh, Daejeon, South Korea. Uh, oh. Yeah, that was really neat. Instead of doing, you know, two semesters worth of senior design work, we were able to do six weeks um a, you know in south korea at the korean advanced institute of science and technology which is the
0: beginning of the summer, or the summer uh
1: towards the end so i believe i did five or six weeks wow. uh went to korea and then i actually came back that's to sell for a week or two yep and
0: deliver and all
1: that yep that's crazy wow. so that was uh that was that was that was pretty um interesting i i one of my better book stories was actually the last week of that summer yeah so i had i just flown back from korea on friday like night saturday morning and i was on the on the book field again monday so i was still jet lagged um i had a first year who was borrowing my car while i was gone and i was working new turf kind of out in the middle of nowhere and i was driving through this gravel road you know through the mountains and uh it started raining and i'm like looking around for houses and i'm like man there, there aren't even any houses out here like i should probably turn around and go back so i'm coming back out of the you know the woods the mountains trying to go back to civilization and i'm not going that fast 25 30 miles an hour i take this turn and the car does not turn the wheels turn just plows through the the gravel and my gold minivan my gold uh, yeah. minivan, 200,000 mile minivan no wonder went. they fight
0: you were stealing kids yeah right <laughs>
1: but i went off the straight off the road down probably a 40 or 50 foot ravine oh my and it was scary Indeed. um i of course wasn't wearing a seatbelt because i was selling books and getting out, get out of the car yep yeah. so i vividly remember the feeling of being airborne but still holding on to the steering wheel you know, <laughs> kind of down here. Right. Um, and the, the car just flew down this ravine. I actually ended up, uh, my head was on the uh, passenger floorboard with my feet up in the air. I had books, you know, littered all over me, all over the car. And the car came to a you know a halt. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, am I okay? Yeah, I think I am. Yeah. You know, I'd like, dig myself out of this pile of books. And you can't
0: really get impaled by a bunch of books going through. This. Right.
1: But, uh, but uh, I. <laughs> yeah yeah i was really lucky though it could have been bad i opened the door and i step out into a river i'm like oh man this you know this is not good and i look up at this ravine that i just came down i'm like holy shit!" and i look at the side of my minivan and the whole side is completely scraped up and uh, as i look at the tracks of where i came down there's an oak tree probably six foot in diameter that i literally grazed so had I been, you know, a couple inches to the right, I probably would have gone through the windshield and, um, it would have been bad. Cause again, I was in the middle of nowhere. So that happened. Um, so this was
0: that fourth summer, right? Correct. Yep. Last first week. First summer was North Carolina, then Wisconsin then North Carolina again. And then where is this fourth this summer? This was in Iowa.
1: Iowa. to yeah, be Iowa.
0: No shit. That's the next state over from where I grew up. Yeah. Okay.
1: I really well, enjoyed I, Iowa. I thought it was a great place great to education sell. education conscious. Yes. Yeah so anyway i got out of the car didn't even have cell service so i had to hike up this muddy you know hill uh, get on the road and then i had to hike like a mile and a half i never even got cell service another car drove by and i waved him down i was like hey i need a, need a tow truck so oh, nice. yep yeah i was really fortunate um they <laughs> pulled my, my minivan, like 50 feet up this ravine, took it to the shop. Um, Honestly, the, the car was in, you know, mechanically it was pretty sound. The body was all messed up, but it didn't really matter. Um, I remember when the, the car was in the shop, you know, I remember thinking I should be selling books. I should uh, go uh, out uh, knocking, schedule, but, schedule. but my heart was palpitating and I, I went to the library and just sat down and just kind of just tried to relax for like an hour or two hours when they, uh, fixed up my car. Yeah. So I sold three units that day, yeah. sold a set of Mufus, but, uh, the next four, you know, five days, I guess the rest of the week I sold something, uh, like 470 or 500 units. And that was, you know, well, uh, by far my best week to date Hell yeah, um, brother. so it's kind of funny tuesday was my best day uh, ever and then wednesday was my best day ever nah. and uh, i attribute that to just being happy to be alive <laughs> you know i was Ooh. very uh very grateful that um you know i was where i was so
0: looking like a good adrenaline kick in the summer where your life is on the line. Yep.
1: You know, get you going. Damn. So I won. I want to win for oh, uh, nice. that week. And that's uh, probably one of the more. I've got actually got my bat All right, right here.
0: Let's go. Let's see that bat. So I want to win back. Yeah. So
1: I've been trying to uh, find some time to hang this up next to my gold award, which is uh, gold seal award, which is hanging up right over my computer. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that was uh, that was interesting. But um, finish the summer strong and. Had a couple, you know, options after that. I graduated that year, so um, was trying to figure out, you know, do I stick with Southwestern? Do I have to go to a job? And just, you know, couldn't leave the culture. So yeah, I, I knew what the
0: other side of the fence looked like. It was boring.
1: Yep. So That's I exciting. yeah, so I decided I would do the recruiting thing, and this is around the time when um, KJ Lester and a bunch of others did the whole lead thing. Mm-hmm. So they they explained it to me and I was like you know just kind of blindly following I'm like yeah. hey if you guys think it'll work I trust you yeah, right. And I recruited with Trinity Taylor at uh, right. University of Tennessee Chattanooga oh, Is that
0: the Blue Wave? Who's the No that's Middle Tennessee
1: Yeah, I don't don't remember what their mascot was, to be honest, but, uh, you know, I really enjoyed uh, mentoring students. I had some incredible students uh, that I mentored, but ultimately I did not bring out anybody. Um, You know, lead was a great idea in theory, just didn't really work out in practice. And, you know, we saw a lot of people um, who were talented recruiters do the lead thing and, and, you know, Production just kind of plummeted. So um, I did, you know, I was committed to selling though, even though I didn't recruit anybody. So I sold in North Texas that summer, had my best summer ever. In um, Dallas or North-, North Texas? We were in Gainesville and then later uh, by Wichita Falls. Nice. Yeah. Wichita
0: Falls. Uh, Drew Williams is from there. Really nice. Cool. So anyway that's cool so you went out and um were there any first years in the org?
1: there the were community? a few trinity had a few i want to say maybe six or seven something like that As
0: always it's like I got
1: my squad yep and so she she did she, so but that was that was <laughs> neat that i got to co you know kind of yeah, co-ol I think I think her uh her org um unfortunately i think about two-thirds of the way through that summer uh, Trinity's grandfather passed away and she was really close to to him. So she actually left and, uh, it was Reed Searcy and I kind of running the show. Um, and that was tough, you know, uh, first years, you know, they knew me, but they came out because of Trinity. So to try to fill her shoes was, was definitely tough. But, uh, I think Reed and I were really proud, um, with how we handled it. You know, every, everybody that, um, had stayed to that point finish the summer. So nobody went home because Trinity went home. Right. Um, you know, people still had good summers. So yeah. Um, like 2013, right? that's correct.
0: Last summer on the book field. North mm-hmm. Texas. Do you feel like you left it all out on the field or was there kind of like a, what? you know, <laughs> it's I, I bag, no who it's, it's a mixed
1: bag. I think yeah. in terms of sales, I was pretty happy with my production. You know, I'm, I'm the type that I'm never fully happy. I'm always, you know, I could have done a little bit better, but I did sure. feel fulfilled um, that year, but I, I did definitely was a little uh, sour about the recruiting, you know, that was, yeah, you the know, way leads, yep. The way it transpired, you know, I, I kind of wanted to, to bring a team and, you know have people come out because of me and, and have success because of that. But uh, you know, I'm not too broken up about it. Things are going pretty well now. Life so. is
0: okay. Yeah. And we still love you, Lester. Yeah. Yes, we do. Check <laughs> out his episode from a few weeks ago. It's great. So
1: yeah. So it was uh right after that summer that KJ and Lester approached uh pretty much everybody oh, in yeah. the org about selling solar out in California. Right. Um, so yeah, right after that summer. Um, well, maybe not right after a couple of weeks after that summer, I moved out to California and, um, hence my start in the solar career.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's and then roofing and then solar and roofing and yep yeah.
1: and, uh, cryptocurrency sprinkled in there. <laughs> oh
0: yeah. Oh yeah. You got your mains that you stick with. Yeah. That's, that's good stuff. And books is just like the the launching pad, right?
1: Absolutely. I mean, it was, uh, you know, it it really kind of defined who I am when Hans recruited me back when I was a freshman. You know, I was this super introverted, shy, yeah. just unconfident kid and uh it it changed my life. And, uh, you know, I've, i, I talked to Hans pretty frequently and, um, I'd try to tell him every opportunity I get, man, you know, I really appreciate you bringing me into this cause I don't know where I'd be without it.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those cults that it's like, you don't know if your life would be better or worse without it, but you damn well know that it would not be the same. Yep. And if like the, the things that I've looked back on over the last cash, my last summer was 2016. So the last six years, um, you know, every fun thing is like the friendships that get made and, yep. you know, the cool trips that you go on and cool things that you crazy stories from, Oh man, a dog bit me this one time. Yeah. So, uh, dude, um, you've got a lot ahead of head of yet. Um, obviously you attribute a lot of it to this whole Southwestern thing. Um, do you have any standout stories that you could dip into? And while you think of that. I'm going to shout out sure. V Design, V Designly. Um, they are the the masterminds behind our website. Um, so, uh, Oscar and Oliver, um, they're a fun couple of book guys from Estonia. Um, so they they basically have the pedigree of you know some hotshot American web designer company, um, but for like a third of the price because it's Estonian or whatever. You know? <laughs> and so these guys have been um, really great to work with. I will say that um, what we've learned in the process is that building a website is not that easy when you want it to be like super specific and integrated to everything that you're doing. And these guys are are great at what they're doing. They're making everything built out to the T. So um, when you check out our website, uh, let's get you in touch with them. If you want to build your own new website, Uh, we love our Estonian friends. So um, we also love Cardinal (coughs) and your benefits. Um, They have, again, been doing really awesome things for their industry. And so um, just overall in general, their attitude is to kind of have um, all those same best uh, features of the Southwestern culture, uh, but with a bit more of like like rubber meat road, if that makes any mm-hmm. sense. Um, so one of the things that people like about working with them is the, the flexibility, the freedom. Um, you know many companies talk about this kind of stuff, but at the end of the day, you know they're still holding their agents captive for this that or the other reason and so with cardinal you truly have the ability to set your your work hours um they have a uh, really keen um focus on a demographic you know it's final expense it's nothing sexy right selling funeral insurance but uh
1: i can relate <laughs> Yeah,
0: right? selling solar i mean none of these things are super sexy the, the really cool thing is um, they actually um, send mailers out and get people who have the interest in, you know, getting a life insurance policy to protect their family from funeral costs. And so they actually have a really easy sales cycle. It's it's one of the uh, simplest things when people tell you, "I want what you have," and then you just show up, right? Mm-hmm. So again, 25, 35 um, hours a week in the field gets you uh, in a lot of people's cases. You know, 10,000, um, you know, net income in a week. Um, And so there's all these um, top producers in the company that are super inspiring. Check out what they have to bring to our um, derby meetings on Fridays, every other Friday. But uh, we love Cardinal Senior Benefits. And we also um, just kind of talk about our um, connection here with Enlight Energy. Uh, That's the reason why I flew out here to to work with Adam this week is uh, solar. Um, What we're doing at Enlight Energy is just uh, basically changing this, uh, it's like the Wild West solar because there's a lot of money, just like with roofing, just like with real estate and you know, all these different lucrative industries have, um, you know, a lot of people that just kind of flood into the industry and kind of sour the reputation a little bit, especially on the sales side of things. Um, and so what we're doing is we're you know, leading with full on truth and ethics. And, um, you know, we've gone back to customers that, you know, we've even unintentionally told wrong things to just to clear things up. Um, We're way past that now, and so right now we're actually building on and um, hiring a ton of new people, right? So this partnership has been great to fly out here and see how you do business and um, see how we can help your clients out. Uh, That's the cool thing about Enlight is we believe in win-wins. So if you want to work with us, um, get in touch with me um, or um, with Ponytails, and we'll get you... Um, an idea of what it could look like. It's not for everybody. Um, market conditions are kind of important. We had someone look, uh, look into working with us last year and Georgia is not the best state for solar just because of state policies. But uh, that being said, another six figure job, it's good stuff, cool, you know, great. Um, and grateful for you, Adam, to to partner up with us. Yeah, and,
1: grateful for you as well. It's uh, It's a very synergistic combination yeah. and it just, it makes sense.
0: It just makes sense, right? Just like all these crazy, like, here's here's what I hear when you're describing every summer of you going back to sell books again. There's like, they got me again, you know, it's just like, well, I had nothing else better that I could, you know, put myself into it. And at the time, it's, it's quite true, right? Um, but I also hear like, it just makes sense on a deep core level to the people that go and do these multiple summers. It's like, yeah, it just makes sense for me to go and grind my face off for 80 hours a week minimum, right, unless you're off schedule, which, uh, you know, <laughs> if you're not, you're putting in 85 hours a week, you know, and there, as a manager, you're putting in 100 because you're helping all these other kids, so yep. 80 hours a week, and they're not even taking breaks, and it's just like, go, 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 so it uh, appeals to a certain type of person, and it creates these certain types of experiences, and for you, what are some of those experiences that kept you going in the middle of all that? Like whether it's a pony from your first summer, your last summer, uh, what are some of the standout stories that kind of make you like, man, even though it was hard, I have this.
1: Wow. Um, Well, one story that sticks out, it was actually my, my last week of my last summer. Um, But it's, it's uh, entertaining. And also I think it demonstrates, you know, kind of the, Uh, mentality of a book person. So I had, yep. Yeah. And yep. In Texas, I think I had just started new turf uh, the week before. Didn't have a whole lot of names, but I wanted to finish strong. Um, one of the first doors I had knocked on in that neighborhood, this lady was like, "Eh, I'm a teacher, probably not interested, you know, but maybe if you come back at a better time. So I'd always wanted to come back to her and, um, I was having a pretty good week. I was shooting for President's Club, and uh, this was like a, I don't know, Saturday. I'd met this lady on a Monday. Um, it's in the evening. I approached this lady on a farm, sat down with her, sold her. Um, I actually had a tablet. We were selling on tablets that summer, and yeah. I just handed the tablet to her to you know put in her information and stuff. And I see this, this uh, puppy, I think it was a Great Dane or Mastiff puppy coming, oh, running across. Puppy. Yeah, like an actual puppy, like a big puppy, but a, a puppy <laughs> uh, come running from, you know, like across the field. And I'm like, oh, that's going to be awesome. I get to play with this puppy, right? So the ladies, you know, mom is is not paying attention, you know, doing doing the, the tablet sale. And this dog comes running up and just jumps on my lap. And immediately i almost vomit the smell is so bad i stand up like the dog you know falls off i'm like oh god and i look down and there are little bits of flesh on my shirt like decaying flesh and the mom looks up and she's like oh i am so sorry that dog has been rolling in a dead cow that's been out there for a week. Oh, geez. Yeah. So normally I keep uh, an extra chair, a uh, pair of, of clothes in my car um, yeah. for instances like this, or for what a dog or cat pees on you, which has happened to me before. Yeah. I don't remember why, but I did not have another <laughs> pair of clothes and I was so close to hitting president's club. It's like, uh. you know, eight o'clock, eight 30. I was like, I've got to do it i've got to approach somebody i'm okay. not i am not going to give up so yeah. i the, one of the only people i had left was that lady who i had met on a monday it was like i'm a teacher i probably will not want it but you know maybe i'll look at it so i knock on her door at like 8:30 on a saturday night and i get you know a couple words into my approach and she goes oh my god <laughs> what is that stench <laughs> and i explained to her i was like oh, i was just over at you know mrs jones's place and her dog was rolling in a, a dead cow and then you know it, the, the dead cow got all over me more or, or less yeah and wow. she she goes she kind of laughs and she's like come on in like let me oh, get you a dude. fresh fresh pair of clothes did mrs jones buy this by the way i was like yep She's like okay right. <laughs> and she ended up buying and uh you know got my mark and um i felt really good about the way that uh i finished that that summer and ultimately my book selling career Hell
0: yeah. so that was your last customer ever
1: i think so dude
0: what is a- Stinky story, right? <laughs> that, that's so great, <laughs> but hilarious, dude. It's it's only in rural turf, right? right? That you can go get dead cow guts on you, show yep. up to the next door, and right? Cow, like, oh, sure. We got you me. a pair of clothes. You know, gosh, that's crazy. Do you have any other stories that meet meet that? Because that's a that's a that's a pretty legendary story, right?
1: There. Um, I think that's probably the best one. Um, yeah. you know, I. I have a couple gun stories. Um, I'll I'll share one because I'm a huge gun nut myself. Um, I was in this was either Wichita Falls or Gainesville is that last summer. Um, new area, didn't have a whole lot of pre approach. Knocked on this big house, you know, kind of far back from the road. Guy answers the door, and I I can tell he's got something behind his back, and I assume it's a gun. You know, it's, it was a clean cut guy, nice house. I'm not I'm not thinking this guy is gonna murder me. Um, so I just give him my approach go for the bag and he's like sure come on in we sit down at the table plops down the 45 caliber pistol and I'm like oh cool I was, yeah I was like is that a 1911 and he was like good eye nice. <laughs> so I start talking to him about guns and he he goes yeah. I'm actually uh, the re- the retired SWAT captain for Dallas. So, you oh. know, I've got a lot of enemies out there, you know, I think he said <laughs> something like, you know, inside the force and outside the force. So you never be too careful. Uh, but it was funny oh, because wow. I could tell this guy was, you know, just trying to intimidate me. And I was just like, cool. What, what you got there? And uh, he takes me out to his garage where he has, I mean, a wall is an understatement, uh, but he's got like a you know a wing, a wing of, of of rifles pistols shotguns you know yeah. antiques and uh we talked about guns for i don't know 20 30 minutes before i was like hey man like he didn't I even have, have, have k- he didn't even have kids he he actually told me he was like yeah i just wanted to see if you were legit you know and oh, see what wow. you were doing um but yeah that was really cool um did yeah his
0: name be like yeah i was just talking to the old swat director <laughs> i'm sure i did yeah, yeah right. that's funny <laughs> yep that's crazy
1: dude. any other gun stories like that um yeah my third summer i had a first year who quit so i had to deliver for him and uh, uh i had never done that before deliver for another right. uh dealer and we got kind of go through the you know delivery school and uh the ols you know says you got to deliver all of your you know first year's books even if they tell you not to like you always make an attempt. So I'm talking to my first year who left and you know saying, Hey, I'm gonna deliver your books. And he goes, Okay, don't don't go to this house. And I was like, why? And he's like, just trust me, just don't go there. I was like, Okay, and of course, okay. what did I do? You gotta right go to the house. Yep. So I'm curious. Yep. Like why? Right? So I pull up and it's this trailer that is just, you know, falling apart. Yeah. There's shit everywhere. Wonderful um, to start. And this guy's sitting out there in a plastic lawn chair. So I pull up and I'm like, Hey, how's it going? And like reach into the car to grab the books, come out, and he's like got a, a pistol in his hand. He's like, Get the fuck off my property and I was like, I got the books you ordered and he points it at me and I was like, Never mind. Yeah. Yeah, don't go to that
0: one time it actually makes sense to not go
1: to that house right yep i did have one more uh gun story i guess i had quite a few gun stories but
0: well i don't have a ton of gun stories selling
1: in new england yeah yeah this one i think was in wisconsin but i knocked on a door and this guy was cleaning his gun and uh you know rural country he just opens the door and he's got his gun in his hand and i was this was my second summer i wasn't as you know comfortable with you know gun stories so to say so i'm like hey i'm adam like stop and look at the gun he's like, oh, sorry, I was just cleaning this. Like, what do you, what do you got going on? <laughs> and they ended up buying. So that was cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah, my only gun story in four summers. It happened my fourth summer in Vermont. And my first year uh, roommate who I was having followed me that day, I was like, okay, go take this. You knocks on the door. And then just the guy just silently is just like. Go, please, <laughs>
1: please. Roger that. <laughs> he's just like
0: he's freaking out, I'm like dude. He's just protecting his property. Let's get out of here. Yep. You know, so that's it's funny stuff, man. I, I actually uh, fired my first weapons not with you. Shortly, I fired it with my current roommate Bryce. Okay, and then shortly thereafter, I fired guns with you. And yeah,
1: guys. that was a fun it time. It is a
0: fun time. So, ammunitions are what you know helped us make this country. Yep. So, we appreciate those. But, uh, dude, um, unless you have any outstanding stories, um, I know that I, I kind of, like, got you with your first big one right there. This is my last summer, my last door. you know.
1: Yeah, I'm sure I have some stories, but, oh, you know, like you said, it's been, gosh, 13 years, and if you uh, <laughs> if you don't use it, you lose it. So there's so much that happened that, uh, you know, I'd kind of have to dig through the memory bank for. But, you know, all in all, it like I said, it was an amazing experience. Um, the the people within Southwestern are truly like a fraternity of entrepreneurs and successful people. So I'm extremely grateful for that. You know, I've met so many people and developed so many close friendships through Southwestern. So I'm glad to be a part of it.
0: Cheers to that man. Yep. Well, uh, we we'll, we're working on something, got something in the works to have a party here in Denver soon. Sponsored by somebody sponsoring the podcast. So not by us, but someone else, right? But uh, we're gonna be serving beer. Um, we'll we'll be throwing out some details as those things get closer in the next few months. Uh, it'll be two months from now in July. But uh, I'll be I'll be back. Heck yeah, hang out with you, brother. Look um, forward to it. And for any of you listening that uh, want to come hang out with us, uh, we've got some you know some other you know spots beyond just Denver, and um, you know we're looking at Texas, Nashville, and all these other places just to just to Pull out the masses like right, from the woodworks. Uh, there's people in every city who knocked on a door and with a green book bag, right? Yep. So uh yeah, we're having fun with it. Um also come to Bizzler, you know, you know the spiel, right? You know, let's get you to Mexico. Um Southwestern Travel is now helping us out with that. Um we can book book you, you know, up into August before we had a cutoff of May 1st, which was a little hard. But uh yeah, we love Maddie Whalen. Shout out to her. She just had her episode. She details all the, the ways we can get you to Mexico. Um, it'll be a grand old time, August 15th through the 19th. And uh, let's have some fun connecting, throwing back memories, throwing back beers, all that good stuff. But, uh, yeah, this has been um, Nick DeVerti with Adam Liebler. Thanks for a, having me. Absolutely, my friend. This has been episode 119 of the Ponytails podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Like and subscribe, follow, all those good things. We'll see you next time.